Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Polly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. How are you doing? How are you living? What's good? What's going on? I've got a very special announcement. This episode is a bonus episode. I'm Today I'm chatting with Noah and the Loners. I sat down with the frontman of Noah and the Loners, Noah, obviously, and we had a fantastic chat. We go into everything that Noah and the Loners have been up to, and let me tell you something. This young man is a fantastic human being. Um, very, very politicized, very, very, very talented, and this band are fucking great. This band, I want to succeed more than any band I've had on the podcast. They are absolutely precious, and they should be listened to, respected, and loved. Their brand new single, Protest Anger, is out everywhere now on Marshall Records, no doubt, ladies and gentlemen. And shout out to the lovely Harris over at Marshall Records who sent me uh, the single and stuff and, and said, you need to, we need to get Noah and the Loners on the podcast. And I was like, hell yeah, let's fucking go. So we go into it. We get a little bit politicized on this because obviously uh, they are a political sort of punk rock band. And the state of the uh, world right now is fucking shite. But we go into all of that. We talk about um, so many different topics. It's a fantastic conversation. And go and check them out on tour. As this goes out, they are currently in America. They are playing uh, in New York. And then they're playing at South by Southwest. So if you're one of our American listeners, go and check them out over there. They are then coming back to the UK um, for a few shows and things, uh, including a couple of shows in Norwich. Shout out to Norwich. And shout out to Yarmouth as well. Great Yarmouth in the east of Anglia, which is where I'm from. And um, yeah, I'll be going to catch them, buying them beers and all that shizzle. Um, yeah, I'm going to let you guys listen to my conversation with Noah and the Loners on the Nevermind Polly podcast. Enjoy. Hi guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Polly podcast. My name is Matt, I'm your host, and we chat to rock and metal bands from around the world. And this actually is a bonus episode because this artist, this band, is too fucking good not to have on. I'm basically booked up now until April, uh, every Friday. But you know what? I thought this this fucking, you're you're amazing. I love you. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you. On a musical basis. Anyway, you're great. So um, yeah, I've got Noah and the Loners on the show. I've got Noah, how are you doing today? How's things? I'm, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. Yes. I am literally two days from my 30th birthday, which is absolutely disgusting. And That's going to be hard. nuts, though. <laughs> It, it would be if I was not so much a social recluse. Uh, basically, it's probably going to be me and my half just watching telly uh, on a, on a uh, Friday night. But it's all good. We, we rock to be it. honest, what more would you want from a birthday? That sounds that sounds perfect to me. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we're going to talk everything about Noah and the Loners uh, and going a little bit before that as well and sort of growing up and things like that in your life. Um, but one thing to note for those who are listening on the um, visual, on the audio rather than visual, you are a very, very young man. So I, I do yeah. apologize if I make any reference to anything you're not quite familiar with. Just tell me because I sometimes I chat to like Americans and things. I say some sort of like a British euphemism or something, and they're just like lost on me. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I want to start kind of at the beginning because I think it's a good place to start. Um, and that is kind of what is your first earliest musical memory? 
what was the first if someone said to you well, when you first sort of grown up what was the first thing you remember I remember listening to the killers a lot when I was younger like my dad was really really into the killers growing up um and there's a video of me when I was like I think four years old four or five years old um standing on my kitchen table belting out every single lyric to human by the killers and like I don't actually remember it remember it but like you know when there's like a video or a photo and it brings back that memory I guess that's that's probably it for me I know like um I remember listening to a lot of Coldplay and stuff as well growing up and my mum's partner um, was a musician so I went to loads of festivals with them um, which was great Uh, like being around live music as much as I was when I was younger I think kind of put me in in the music bubble and I was like I can't can't leave this now like I need to do it um, full time. Absolutely absolutely and and that's the thing as well like if you like I it's not that I don't trust people who don't like music. I just don't understand them. So when I you say to them, when they go, I oh, like, have you heard this? I'm not really, I'm just sort of into music. And they're like, oh, what, what do you listen to? And they're like, oh, just whatever's on the radio. And like, that's their kind of like, I'm not, it's just a bit strange. I don't like, yeah. just, as a music obsessive myself, it's a bit like, huh, I don't get it, but it's kind of yeah. weird. Um, <laughs> so again, I don't want to make too many references to the fact that you are, you are a young, young gentleman, but what I do want to say is you've done a credible amount of work for <laughs> how young you are. Um, and, and by that, I want to start off by talking about Polaroids, Polarized Eyes, which is the band which you and the bass player who is in um, Knowing the Loners formed. Have I got that correct? Yeah, 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 um, Amber. Amber, exactly. So, yeah, talk to me a bit about because you got national radio play aged 14 years old. I know. <laughs> but it's, it's insane. It's crazy. Like, I, I still feel like I haven't processed it to this day. And I'm now 18. Like, it's yeah. it's really weird. I mean, we started, I've always played music. I started playing guitar when I was like, I think, 10 years old. Um, and my my mum's partner at the time was a guitar teacher so he taught me and he taught Amber at the same time and because we were both playing music we were like why don't we just start a band like that that made the most natural sense to us in terms of like our progression as musicians because the two of us had always played together um like covers and stuff we started writing I think it was on her 13th birthday we started writing together we wrote a song called Flexible which was absolute shit like so bad um it's still on streaming platforms (laughs) under the name Polarized Eyes um which I'm not too happy about, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, we started writing together uh, and then Harry, our old drummer, joined and it kind of just went from there. We we kind of really both got into like alternative music around the same time. I think Youngblood was kind of like the first artist we listened to who was on the alternative scene in any way, shape or form. And then 21 Pilots and all of that. Um, kind of like newer emo music I guess um and then we put the EP out uh really not thinking anything of it um but my mum has worked in PR for the past like five years or something owns her own business um nothing to do with music uh she does like environmental PR and stuff but um 
because of um, that, she was like, oh, let me just get in contact with a couple of DJs, like, just to see if anything happens. Got in contact with Tom Robinson and he played us straight away. Yeah. And it was just, it was nuts. Like, I didn't really listen to radio when I was that age because, like, I was still listening to the charts and stuff. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was, yeah, I don't know. It was a weird time of my life because I was listening to alternative music, but then obviously with the bias of, like, everyone around me listening to the charts and, like, what was really popular, um, I had such a weird music taste. But... Sure. And I, th- I think, like, you and your generation are the really, really lucky ones in some respects because although it's detrimental to artists and things to some degree, like Spotify, Apple Music, things like that, you yeah. have access to pretty much everything. Everything. It's great. I do love it. Like, um, I, I listen to a lot of Spotify playlists. Um, like, I love the um, New Punk UK ones and, like, the Punk Unleashed and all of that. Like, I find so many great artists on playlists like that. Um, and I now listen to... <clears throat> I now listen to pretty much every Steve Lamack show on BBC Six Music because I just, he, he has great music taste. And um, yeah, it's, it's a good way of finding new stuff that you wouldn't necessarily always hear because like I know now as an artist, being Spotify playlisted is very difficult and like getting into that um, kind of flow where you've got a single out and they add you to one playlist and because you've you've done well on that playlist they then add you to loads more it's it's difficult to get that first breakthrough Mm -hmm. um so yeah I find radio good as well because in a way I think it's easier to be played on radio once than it is to be playlisted absolutely and there's 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 definitely people out there in the world who are championing championing champions doesn't matter that's the word. Thank you very much. Oh, my brain just didn't want to say that word for some reason. Um, <laughs> um, young and underground artists, I think of the likes of Alex Holcomb on Radio One and yeah, music are always fantastic. Um, so it's just really cool to see. And like, it's something, it's a debate about the whole Spotify uh, playlisting thing. So you kind of have quite a positive spin on it by the sounds of it. And again, I do to it to a degree and it's kind of like but I'm of the generation so generation I'm, I'm of that age where like you'd go out and buy a CD and like I'd have yeah. 10 pounds like a week or a month or whatever and that's the CD I have to get and if I didn't like it I've bought some fucking trash in my time so like count yourselves lucky all you young people who can yeah. just go I don't like it I'll just turn it off I'll just skip the yeah, track. Yeah. we had we had to like just live with it but yeah. um yeah it's, it's one of those things but in terms of like getting on the radio and stuff it's really really just like well done basically uh is it's, 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 so pretty, it's just really impressive you know because for being such a young artist and things and there's been a few um young artists and stuff that have kind of in like the metal sphere that i know of and rock sphere that kind of grown up to and blown up to be absolutely massive and you know what you've got a you've got a foot in in the best camp because you've got the right people behind you at marshall because yes. let's let's make no bones about that as well the youngest artist ever to be signed to Marshall Records, and like <laughs> and I know, you say right? it and then, like it still doesn't process in my head. It's so weird, like being eighteen and all of this stuff having happened to me in my life already. It is nowhere near what I thought my life was gonna be. Like I set out doing music because I love doing music, not because I wanted to be like famous. No, of course, but I mean... but it's just like it's really cool that it is progressing in a way that could get us to that point where people know who we are and know the music that we're making, because I do think we have important stuff to say. 
So. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing as well. A lot of people like, so there's lots of like, so you've got like the big labels like Sony, for example, right? And there's those like little subsidiaries of Sony. Like you could get signed to a subsidiary of those guys, right? And people would be like, oh, that's cool, but it's just a record label. Marshall are literally made amplifiers that like bloody do ACDC. For generations. Right? Yeah, no, generations. Like and I always I always think like um if if my grandparents were still around, it'd be like I trying to explain to them what I do on here is like it's kind of like a radio show. So to to you, obviously yeah. go, your parents, grandparents, and things like basically, you know that thing that everybody plays on. Yeah, I'm signed with those guys. <laughs> yeah, no, that is the thing. Like when when people are like, "Oh, what label are you signed to?" I'm like, "Oh, you know the the Am Company, Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a record label now. Like that's so cool to me. It's sick, and the stuff that comes with it is brilliant as well. Because like obviously they sponsor loads of stages at festivals. It means that we get the best equipment around, um, in our back pockets, you know, and we can we can then play on stage and feel like we're part of something you know like being able to represent that band in a brand sorry in a positive light is like amazing because it's a brand that I've always looked up to and I know Joseph our guitarist always has as well and the same with um Natal with the drum kits we're about to get one of them um for our drummer Noah um which is going to be great so I I love that so that that's the thing as well like so when you started Noah and the Loners what was the reason for putting yourself in the forefront? So the, the the comparison that's quite easy and obvious to make is when Frank left Gallows, right? Yeah. And it's suddenly Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. And it's I've, I've heard him speak about it um, in terms of, he sort of said, well, like, this lives and dies with me. Like, it's my name. It's my, not my thing, but like, I'm like the focus point. The f- How do you feel about it? Obviously, because you could have just been called The Loners or, or whatever band men yeah. was around at the time. Why, why was it Noah and The Loners? To be honest, I think it was, it was a less intentional thing. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be the centre of attention because I think everyone else in the band is so ridiculously talented and they do just as much as I do for the music um, and for the performance and everything. Um, it was just that when when polarized eyes split up um because we were all going to different unis and we had different life plans and whatever because we are so young like that happens um i i was the only one who still really wanted to do music like i was so passionate about it and i was like i need to just do something for myself and while we were in polarized eyes we'd been offered the marshall deal and i like put my neck out on the line and said will you still sign me as a solo artist Mm -hmm. so I'm technically the only one who's signed to Marshall but I don't I don't see it as that and like neither do the rest of the band to be honest knowing the loners feels more an equal relationship within the band than polarized eyes ever did that makes Um, perfect sense as well I think Sorry, I was just gonna say. I think yeah, we yeah. kind of bounce off each other in a more like uh, neutral way, I guess, rather than it just being me instructing them. Because I I used to be the only songwriter in Polarized Eyes, whereas now everyone comes up with their parts and it's it's actually brilliant. Like I feel like it adds so much more to the music having that collaboration rather than it just being me coming up with all of the ideas and we then just go with it, you know. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's the thing I was just going to say that um, so I'm a big fan of uh, Frank Turner, right? And he's Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. And the Sleeping Souls yeah. are so much part of that band as well. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Frank, 
the front man. But regardless, that that feels like a whole captive band experience. So that that was really gl- glad that you feel the same way about your own band. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk obviously about uh, the new single, which is called Protest Music. Um, and called Protest just- Anger. Protest Anger. Sorry, God, my notes. Camera, <laughs> if the notes, it's all happening today. Um, and I. I don't generally talk about politics on the show because a I'm not informed enough and yeah. b the state of it is just fucking depressing. It is depressing. <laughs> like, it's very depressing. You know, the, the one thing I will say, you know, and and I I pretty much understand where your leaning is, given the music you write and things, and and my my views align, so it could be very easy to go, yeah, we're all great, aren't we? Like when the right is saying how shit things are and they're the ones in power, it's like. Ah, okay. So what I wanted to kind of do is I kind of taken directly off the government website, the public order bill, because I feel like it links to the whole song of the protest, uh, protest anger. Um, So this is taken directly from the government website. Uh, Prime Minister Richard Sunak has backed the police to clamp down on highly disruptive uh, and dangerous protests under new plans today. The government will broaden the legislation around serious disruption, given the police greater flexibility and clarity when stopping to intervene disruptive minorities using tackles such as blocking roads, slowing mar- uh, slow marching, and uh, inflict misery on the public. Basically, what that means in long and short form is they've put here, um, police will now uh, will not need to wait for disruption to take place to shut down protests before they erupt. Police will uh, not need to treat a series of protests in the same way as a standalone incident, but will be able to consider them as a total impact. Now, I know how I feel about that, um, and it could be very easy just to direct everybody to the new single and go, this is how they feel about it. But it's just like this fucking government. Like It's, it's ridiculous. It's completely and utterly ridiculous. I have been to so many protests in my life because my mum is so vocal about how she feels and she's like raised me on them. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel very passionately about being able to speak your mind in a way that gets people to listen you know and I think protests are the best way to do that um because like history shows that they make a difference yeah absolutely absolutely and that and that's the thing as well it's you know if if one if one person cries in the street this is wrong this is terrible no one listens but if an army of people do it people the right people in charge start to take notice yeah and press and everything like it 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 explodes itself you could have about 50 people at protest but if you do something that makes people listen like extinction rebellion do say um that that gets coverage and that then gets seen by a much broader audience and like in this day and age of social media it is so easy Mm -hmm. um to get like a huge mass of people to see something you've done even if people don't show up yeah and that that's the thing i think there's a lot of um politicism that is kind of used on twitter and social media things like that where it's like oh i've seen a tweet that talks about this i'm gonna retweet it and that's me done and it's like okay yeah fine but like just you know if you if you want a revolution get off your feet and onto the street it's as simple as that you know and people will you know be sheep and kind of march into the slaughter sometimes and you just think wake up like people yeah. just you know what I mean like they need to just kind of get 
their heads out of their asses, basically, and see what's going on. Because we can all walk around blindfolded. And, you know, my, my other half, I, I don't actively like to watch the news, but I like to sort of keep an eye on what's going on, keep things ticking over. And she goes, why do you watch this bloody shit? Like, it's literally just the same stuff. And I'm like, because it's important. Because yeah. if you don't, like, keep yourself informed to a point, you're just going to, like, end up, well, yeah, you're going to be taken to the slaughter and go, oh, how did I end up here? And yeah. you know what I mean? That's like, it's kind of your own fault because you've walked into your own grave. In well, some yeah, because I think especially with this government, there is so much stuff that is kind of going over people's heads because <laughs> it's not being spoken about and people aren't watching it on the news, you know? Like, with the... Um, the uh, the bill that the song is about yeah. um police crime and sentencing bill um it that somehow did not get spoken about like at all like there was the kill the bill protests that i went to and there were like thousands and thousands of people that showed up mm-hmm. but as soon as like it went to um it got signed people just shut up about it and I was like, there are still so many more steps in this process before it actually officially goes through and people are just stopping talking about it. I just, it really didn't make sense to me. And I think the right to protest is something that's so important and that our country cannot, cannot lose. Absolutely. And that's the thing as well. I think this government and, you know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leftist and, and all the rest of it. But at the same time, I think anybody in power with an agenda, rightly or wrongly, is very good at smokes and screens, smoke, mm. uh, smoke and mirrors. You know, it's like, oh, well, like everyone's making a racket over here. Oh, look, you know, like the Russia, like war things going on over, over in Ukraine. Let's let's all focus on that. And let's yeah. forget about not, not that they're equally exclusive or whatever. Oh, yeah. like, you know, it's like there's there's arguments for both of those things to be wrong, you know, but like it is because the, I guess because there's make, you know? I guess because there's so many things going wrong at the moment, it's so easy for them to just brush past it. What it is, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think any of the things that are going wrong should be brushed past. No, because absolutely. then nothing's going to be solved because you're just going to brush past and brush past and brush past until everything is ignored. Yeah. And absolutely. there is no solutions whatsoever. And that's the thing. You, If you, you know, get into, into the politics game and you start reading about some of the things that the people who rightly, whether you vote for them or not, are in power at the minute and things that they have voted for and against it will just make you so unhappy and just make you think what there is misery, like just horrible people in charge. And it's like, yeah. this can't be right. So to bring it all back to kind of the music, which is a fantastic thing. That is the, that is the driving thing. The music will save all. I genuinely yeah. believe that. And it will change the world given the, the push and the power. So um, the song is, is essentially a big fuck you to the government, right? you know so how, how did how did that come about that song and things how why do you work creatively with the rest of the band so this song was actually written with polarized eyes um mm-hmm. so i'd come up with um the lyrics the opening lyrics protest anger can't help but smile as the girl in handcuffs stands up respect my rights or you'll regret it later policeman says there's no one to save her because um when I went to the kill the bill protest um you know there was that really famous picture of um the ginger woman being dragged away the vigil um yeah yeah. yeah. so it was the first time that she'd spoken out 
at all since that photo was taken because obviously she got arrested. She wasn't really allowed to publicly speak about it. But at the Kill the Bill protest, she felt it was so important for her to speak that she came out and spoke. Um, And like listening to her speak about it and the way that they'd handled the situation afterwards and the way that she was so mistreated um, Mm. over something that was essentially a peaceful protest. it really made me think and I was like fuck there is so much wrong with the way that policing works in this country um especially when it comes to protests and people speaking out mm-hmm. and just using their rights you know yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah that's that's where the kind of idea came from uh and then we came to a rehearsal started jamming it out um Harry had come up with like uh, the Tom drum beat, which I really, really liked. It was proper like driving. And I was like, this is sick. Um, the chorus, the talk to me, fight with me, we had the da 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 that kind of thing. But um, we didn't have the words for ages. And I just like shouted them. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Let's just go with that. Because I feel like a lot of the time in our music, the choruses are very like wordy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're catchy, but they are wordy. Um, yeah. And I was like, with this, I just want to, like, get it out, you know? I was like, it. If, if I can't talk to someone about something, and if I can't get my voice heard by speaking, you're going to have to fucking shout, because yeah. they're not listening. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where the idea came from. And I guess it kind of all just fell into place. Yeah. yeah. The structure uh, and stuff was, it changed a bit when we went, in to record it but I think it works so much better as it is now that it than it originally did so for sure and that's the thing as well like if, if you know if people like the whole the whole idea you know and we we as the west look at places like China not China let me get this right or I'm gonna start fucking World War Three here if I can get this right <laughs> uh, North Korea is what I was thinking yeah. of not China I mean China's not great either but like the kind yeah. of the the um the state in which they're not allowed to talk they're not allowed to like things being monitored and things like that yeah. it's kind of just like you know if people don't say something and that's the thing protest music has always been just like right cool it, it's simple it's simplistic but people can rally behind it and, and that is 100% what this song is and what I feel like you guys as soon as I heard it I was like yeah I'm in I'm so fucking in that's before like you, you see the aesthetics of the video and the aesthetics yeah. of you guys as a band it's just really fucking cool and you know what like young people have the power and the drive to do it like the older the older people you know they're like yeah cool like i'm, I'm angry about this but also i've got to go to work in the morning i've got to do a yeah. nine to five job or whatever and i've got to do the things that people have to do where it is if you're, you're more younger you just think like you, you see the injustice more because you're like I, older people can be like oh well that's just the way it is and yeah. you're as a younger person you're like fucking why yeah. like, no, I mean, like, like why is that i, I remember when I was younger I've always been quite a curious person and then like when I started actually noticing things that were wrong with the world I was like but why like we put ourselves in that position so why can't we then take ourselves back out of it yeah you know absolutely absolutely so I want to talk about um tour as well because you guys are going to be on tour um and I've got this right as much isn't it you guys are on tour very soon yeah so we're going to America in six days from when this is filmed yeah amazing stuff um and the the one that really like took me is south by southwest 
Yeah. That is fucking mental. Like, <laughs> yeah. For those people who don't really know what Southwest, uh, South by Southwest is, it's basically a music festival in Austin, Texas, where some of the great uh, of our generation and, and sort of before that have been discovered. Basically, it's a proper little breeding ground of discovering talent. Um, so how are you feeling? Because I wish you nothing but absolute the best because yeah, it's going to be really cool. But how are you feeling about it? I'm very nervous. Like I haven't been very well recently and my voice keeps going. <laughs> and while we're away, we're there for, I want to say 13 days and we're doing nine shows. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think my voice might go a bit dodgy by the end but like I'm so excited to go away and I love I love being with the band and I think it will just be such a great bonding experience for all of us like we don't really have the time at the moment because we've all just started uni to hang out with each other all the time especially because me and Amber are in um at BIM Brighton and then Noah and Joseph are at BIM London so we all live pretty far away from each other at the moment they're all moving down in September which will be great but um yeah I think this is such a great opportunity for us to like go away have the time of our lives playing shows because that's what we all love doing um but also like actually get a feel for what it's really like Mm -hmm. um because we do a lot of one-off shows Mm -hmm. but this is the first time we're properly going out and like playing a bunch in a short period of time you know absolutely and and that that's the best thing i, th- I think sometimes you can take tentative steps and, and dip your pit dip your foot in the pool as they say or you can just dive bomb into the deep end because one of two things will happen you will sink or you will swim yeah. and you know what it's it's how the best things are done you know if, if you don't just push yourself you're never gonna know and yeah credit credit where credit's due that's a hell of an achievement to get out to america and do that so nothing but the best of you honestly it's fucking incredible um i wanted to talk about kind of motivation because you know um kind of punk rock and things is is such a is such a good thing when the world is going to shit and i try not to dwell on the fact that it's going to shit but because the best best art is formed when things are bad right yeah. you know like the people like rage against the machine wouldn't have written the record they wrote if the world wasn't in a dire place you know like yeah. everything sun shining daisies no one's writing good music or angry music should we put it yeah <laughs> so how yeah. do you keep yourself from getting too sort of down in the dumps about it but also keeping yourself motivated in terms of the bands and things i think um part of the reason why i started music was always to get like my opinions out there then that's why like I love writing music so I guess I almost use writing as a release in a way so like there's all of this shit going on but then if I write a song about it at least I'm actively trying to do something to make it make sense in my head um like I find it a good way to process what's going on really like I know with there's been a lot of stuff about trans rights recently. And like, as a trans man, that's really, really quite difficult to deal with. Um, but I've been trying to like write about it recently. And I think that's helping in a way because I can let my anger out and let my frustrations out, but also find some sort of peace in it because yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I find it like a really good release. 
Yeah, um, no, absolutely. That that's the thing as well. Like, um, in in terms of this podcast and stuff, don't don't tell anyone. I'm saying public as a, as a, as a I'm doing a bit. All right, I can't I can't unseamlessly not do a bit without saying I'm doing a bit. But this is my own free therapy. Basically, I get yeah. to just like you know, if someone says to me like, "Oh, you can't do this anymore," I'm like, "Well, I'll just go and do something else then." Like I've done yeah. like five five and a half years of YouTube before I've done this. Yeah. You know? So it's a case of it's just it's that release. It mine comes from a, a creative point of view where it's like. I'm not doing something, I'm not making or creating. I feel like I'm just useless. So, yeah. like, I totally get it. Um, yeah. A question I, I wrote down, and I wouldn't normally ask, but given where you are in terms of your life and the band and things, I feel like this is kind of like an interview question. It's not meant to be. But where do you <laughs> see the band in five, ten years' time? Where would you like to be, and where do you see things going? I think it's very easy to set out unrealistic expectations in terms of like we are so new to this mm-hmm. um like it would be so easy for us to stay like I want to be touring the world want to be like playing Glastonbury everything like that but for me I want to be in a place where I'm financially stable enough to make music with this band and yeah. keep going to spread our our messages and our views and everything and if if we do get big through doing that, that's brilliant. And I'd love to do this for my entire life. Yeah. But if we don't, like, at least I can do it to help myself and to help the people that do get to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think I have really, like, a set goal. Mm. Because I don't, I don't want to set a goal and then upset myself (laughs) and it doesn't sound great to say but like obviously I have I have aspirations of course course I do like I I really really at some point would love to headline Ali Pali because Mm -hmm. like me and Amber grew up 10 minutes down the road from it been to so many gigs there I think that would just be an iconic venue for us to play um but I don't want to like set a time frame because if I don't fit in that time frame or if something happens that makes it not work then I think I'll like mentally punish myself for it, you know? Absolutely. And that that's the thing. So I, I can relate to a point. So I before I say before I do this, I've done a YouTube channel where I went to festivals, reviewed music, that kind of stuff. And I, I had in my head, I was like, I just want to hit like X amount of subscribers, right? And then when I do that, I'll be happy. And I hit yeah. it. And you know what? It felt like the most like I was elated because I was like, yes, I've smashed my goal. But also, oh, okay, now what? Do I do like, now? Yeah. And I think I'm pretty certain that the the phrase that people use, uh, so like they talk about like uh, athletes and things when they're trained for like like four or five years to get to like the Olympics, and then they do it and they win the gold, and then afterwards they just feel like shit. And it's like it's that arrival of of the moment you've been waiting for, and it's just like, oh, now what? Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? So I, I think it's important to, to have some sort of like goals, but also set yourself little targets and keep smashing yeah. like onto the next thing. Cause, but that's you know, what we've been doing recently. Like I, I find it much easier to think about it short term and like what I want to be doing in the next six months, because at least that seems achievable. Yeah, absolutely. Like over the next six months, I'd love to release a couple more singles and poss- possibly an EP. And then yeah. around the EP, do a headline UK tour. That's like yeah. my goal for the next year, I'd say, um, yeah. for 2023. Um, but then after that, I'm not sure what happens. 
Yeah. But I kind of don't need to know what happens yet because it all works itself out in its own way. Absolutely. In the in the most uh, uncliche way possible, like you're currently writing your story, you don't want to skip to the end or skip to the, do you know what I mean? You don't want to skip chapters. You yeah. You know, the old books, so just keep keep doing what you're doing is, is basically what I kind of wanted to say really because you're fucking great. Like I think, I think Noah and the Lone is, is, is such a wonderful uh, venture uh, for yourselves, but also just like you're doing everything with the right intentions. And I think that's so, so important because you get, fans who you know get get a lot of success to begin with mm -hmm. and you know, rightly or wrongly how they got there um it, it's kind of like they get the success they don't really do nothing with it they sort of squander it but it seems like you guys have kind of got your head screwed on and you're like right cool we'll just take every day as it comes and yeah i just yeah. I, I honestly i can't wish any more of a guest of the best future do you know what i mean because i i want to see where the stuff goes i want to see me too like i'm excited because i feel like everything's like a new surprise every day do you know what i mean like i didn't think we'd be in the position that we are in right now signed to a label um having released our second single on that label and like getting good press pr reviews everything around that so it's kind of it's a weird position to be in because it's not what I ever imagined would happen, but it's everything I've ever dreamed of, you know? Absolutely. And I can totally relate and agree, because as I say, that the podcast is just me. I, I have to break the fourth wall with, with musicians. You know, I, I interview bands and they're like their 12th album or something stupid. They've been around for like 30 years. And I'm like, by the way, I'm just a guy who's a fan of your band. And yeah. somehow I've landed up here. So bear with me if I sort of get a bit weird and fanboy out a little bit um <laughs> it's like that's the thing isn't it when people so I've got a, I've got a friend of mine who does a podcast and he's like oh I'm really trying to like hit the next number goal and I'm like he's like what what's like your ambitions I was like just for no one to stop me what are you doing like <laughs> yeah yeah no that's what I'm like at the moment as long as I get to make music I'm happy doing it in whatever way that is like Absolutely. That's all I ever want to do with my life is just create. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we mentioned Ali Pali, right? And that kind of, I'm going to bring that back because it links quite nicely to a segment on the podcast. So mm. when I'm a big famous podcaster and I can have enough money and enough cream and affordability to basically create my own festival, we're going to have an Ali Pali just starting off. It's going to be Alexandra Palace, a three-day event with Noah and the loners there. I'm going to ask every band in 2023 to add one thing to the dream rider. So mm -hmm. currently we have got, and this is going to get longer and longer as the year goes on, but the ones that I can pick out from the top of my head are the highlights. So we've got like beanbags, white wine, sushi. We've, there's, <laughs> there's an American deathcore band who I interviewed a couple of weeks back who said they want a whole petting farm, right? Which is mental. Cool. And then the next thing he said was, I want to have a red koala. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they don't come under petting zoo kind of animals but we'll go we'll take it so then they also all have chlamydia i think that's um yes it's, yes pandas have yeah i think they do yeah, yeah yeah which is not great you don't want to have an outbreak no. of chlamydia. that's not i mean reading and leeds and all <laughs> i'm never getting advice for reading and leeds now <laughs> live nation if you're listening that was a joke <laughs> no, i don't know this has confused me. I mean, there's one thing that I literally, I, I can't live without at the moment, which is 
peach iced tea, but that feels like the dumbest thing to put on oh, a rider. That, that's fair. Like, so I had a I had an independent artist uh, called Beans on Toast on, and he literally just said, it's "I just cool. want to play music," and I yeah. was like, "Yep, you're on. I can accommodate that." So yeah. Corners and petting zoos. I can just if you just want to turn up and play, I can do that. So yeah. with iced tea, did you to say? To be honest, I just like as long as I got my peach iced tea and my guitar and everything sorted, I'm all good. Uh, I can I can make that work. I'm pretty sure we can get that sorted. <laughs> um, and also, so for the for the for the next event we're going to do at Ali Pali, I'm going to invite Noah and the Whales to play their dream like set, basically. So you can have yourselves and two other bands. You can put yourself in any of the orders. You can open or you can be uh, headlining or you can be the middle. But the only rule is the bands have to be active now. Who are you picking on a three-band bill? Oh, here we go. Okay. Um, Kick Peachy headline. Mm-hmm. Us as main support. Yeah. And then Panic Shack opening. Nice. I, I just I'm, feel like that's a very good lineup. I, I do like Panic Shack. They're quite good, actually. I'm yeah, they're immense live as well. I've seen them live a couple of times now. That'd be good. I want to catch them for sure. Yeah, they're they're brilliant. I can't wait to see them when we're at South by. Like they're going to be class there. Absolutely, it's going to be a great show. And they're playing the Marshall stage as well, which we've got backstage for. So hopefully, I'll yeah. drop the word in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Say say that Matt sent you. That's going to be nothing to no one, but it's just. <laughs> Um, so I've got a couple of final questions for you now before we, before we wrap things up. And I, I want to say thank you for your time because um, this is so a, much a, for having wonderful, me. a wonderful podcast. It really has. Um, and that is simply what is the best thing about being a musician slash being in Noah and the Loners, in your opinion? I think I've got two different answers. Go for it. So, so being a musician generally is like mm-hmm. playing live. Playing live is something you cannot recreate in any other sense. Like the buzz that you get and the adrenaline rush, that that is something that like I feel almost addicted to. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know, it runs through your veins and it's like, it's just such a pure energy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing um, specifically about being in Noah and the Loners is like the family aspect of it. Like I adore my band members with everything that I am and they feel more like family to me than some of my own family does like especially Amber she's been my best mate since we were four years old and like I think of her as my sibling like it's so precious to find a group of people that you bounce off of in that sort of way to the point Mm -hmm. where like you feel connected to them like almost like a soul tie I don't know like it's it's very special and I I would not want to do it with anyone but the three of them like they're very very special humans and I think they're incredibly talented and gonna go very far they they all they all call your absolute ride or dies as they say in the UK I love that. Um, and obviously we've spoken about a few things that you've potentially got, uh, you're, you're wanting to do in the, in the future. What is actually ahead that you can talk about right now, right now? Oh, okay. Um, when is this coming out? Uh, so this will come out. So this will be out like when you're in America, I'd imagine. So probably early next week. Okay. So, uh, we've got 
a London headline on the 16th of April Amazing. at the Hope and Anchor. We're playing in Norwich and Great Yarmouth later in April. Are you actually? Yeah. Where are you, where are you playing in Norwich? That's literally where I'm, I'm my hometown. And we're playing Beauty really? Daddy's showroom. Amazing. You'll see me. A fucking Great party. venue. Love the venue. Okay, amazing. We, yeah, yeah. We played we played it before supporting uh scrounge um mm-hmm. and it was a great night we were staying in like the shittiest hotel in norwich though <laughs> like it was well, so which good. hotel was it i want to know now we um, need to speak about norwich <laughs> it was, um namaste palace hotel so it's above the curry house uh is that near um near the train station Roughly, yeah. Roughly, kind yeah, of, yeah. Kind of know yeah, where you are. There yeah. was like curry stains on our bed sheets, and the toilets were like down the corridor and really, really grotty. It was just, it really wasn't great. Um, <laughs> so that wasn't that wasn't fun. But I hope we're staying somewhere nicer this time. Um, so yeah, we've got those those three gigs. Um, we have recorded another song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure when it will come out, but yeah. Sure. hopefully within the next couple months it's called losing my head it's a banger nice whereabouts are you playing in yarmouth as well because i don't know venues are in yarmouth i think there's like one i went to i think it was like one of the nightclubs at like the top on the pier is yeah dodgy it was 17 not great wouldn't recommend it yeah i i, <laughs> I don't day. actually know what the venue's called <laughs> i've been very out of the loop with booking that one our manager sorted it um but yeah I, I don't actually know. I'm sure it's on our website somewhere. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, check out the website. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Um, and as I say, uh, the majority of these podcasts, the end of it, and this one I can actually say because I will be heading to the Norwich or Yarmouth show, if not both, is I will buy you a beverage of your choice um, as a thank you for coming on the podcast because time is thank precious uh, and all the rest of it. And I'm gonna. I'm not going to... I keep saying this is a joke and people think I'm joking, but I'm not. Someone called me out on Instagram and said, you don't buy your guests drinks. I was like, I fucking do. Like, <laughs> I fucking do. So um, shout out to uh, Ross from Goddy, uh, who I saw with Party Can and they were fantastic. I was like, here's a pint. You stand at the merch desk. I didn't think he recognized me. Like we recorded like a year in advance. And he was like, oh. it's like, I put your pint. He's like, cheers. I was like, you came on my podcast. He's like, oh my God, it's Matt. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, whatever you fancy, um, yeah. And if 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 you fancy shots, I'm well down for shots at the bar. Tequila, <laughs> tequila slammers, very really dirty. Go to our go to as a band is a tequila shot before we go on stage. Don't I'm drink ready. other than that, but like tequila <laughs> shot before you go on stage is class. So what what I'll do is just before you guys like when you guys like plug your guitars in and about to start, I'm like whoa, like you know we went like that a moment at a wedding. Like, does anyone have any like reason why and i'm um, gonna be that guy like whoa, whoa, whoa. tequila shots and you carry on like <laughs> that would be class yeah i love that is there anything that i've missed anything you want to plug anything you want to say at the end before we wrap up not really just give us a follow on socials that's the main thing because everything's updated on there yeah awesome stuff Thank you so much now for your time. It's greatly appreciated. I will see you in Norwich and possibly Yarmouth, if not both, um, for some rock and roll fun. I can't wait. Thank you very much, mate. Appreciate it. And good luck in America. You're going to fucking smash it. Cheers. Peace.